God says, Jesus is going to be your righteousness. That was the plan and wisdom of God for that to happen. So what does righteousness mean? Uh, That Greek word, the kayasune, as best as I can tell, it means just. It means the quality of being right. Broadly, this word suggests conformity to the revealed will of God in all respects. Righteousness is conforming to the will of God in everything. That's pretty big. Righteousness. There's, there's two aspects to this word. It's both judicial and gracious. Okay? The judicial part is God declares the believer righteous. The grace part is then He imparts righteousness to Him. God declares you righteous and imparts His righteousness to you. Scripture talks about the gift of righteousness. Right? Now when I start talking about righteousness, some people start thinking, they start looking inside real quick. Oh, I, I yeah, I, I'm not righteous. Well, Jesus is your righteousness. Oh, I know that. I, no, you don't know that. Because you're acting like you don't know that. You're going around seeing what a lousy Christian you are and you're just looking in all the time and just fall short. Jesus is your righteousness. Literally. Not figuratively. Literally. He is your righteousness. The New Living Translation says it this way. He is the one who made us acceptable to God. He is the one who did that. Jesus told a story one time. And uh, there were some people that were listening to him that were trusting in their own righteousness. Oh, we're keeping the law really well and we're doing good and we're trying hard. And they were trusting in their own righteousness. So Jesus tells this story. It's in Luke 18. And I'm not going to show you the words, but I'll show you the people. I'm sure they look just like that. So, To some who were confident, this is in Luke 18, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, Have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified, declared righteous, just as if you'd never sinned. This man went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. All of those who think that they can get there in their own ability, their own righteousness, they will be humbled. And he who humbles himself, it's not my righteousness. Jesus, it is only your righteousness. It's only yours. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Are you confident in your own righteousness? 
Okay? Now, I'm not saying that we should all just live terrible lives and thank God for, you know, Jesus being our righteousness. The Apostle Paul lived several years being very confident in his righteousness. But then something changed. And the Apostle Paul was no longer confident in his own righteousness. God used Paul to write a lot of the New Testament. I don't think anybody in here has had that privilege. This person that God used to write a lot of the New Testament had no confidence in his own righteousness. The person who wrote the Bible had no confidence in their own righteousness? No, he didn't. Philippians 3. Paul is listing things that he could boast about because other people were boasting about their position. And so he said, well, I could boast too. And he lists things. And he ends with this one. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. I tell you what, if there was anybody who tried to follow the law closely to every minute detail, he said, it was me. I worked hard at it. I mean, I took it serious. Faultless. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit... I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Everything that I could be proud of, every accomplishment, everything that I could boast about is just garbage. All I really want is Jesus. All I want is Him. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own. So I have no confidence in my righteousness. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, which means keeping it, trying to be good enough. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from where? Ah, oh, you got to follow on the words. The righteousness that comes from God. Do you want the righteousness that comes from God? Or the righteousness you can develop yourself by trying really hard? I vote for the one that comes from God. That's what I vote for. It says comes from the law, but, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, and is by faith. Jesus is your righteousness. Yeah, pastor, I've heard that so many times. You know, no, when you've really heard it, you know what happens when you've really, really heard it? You don't just nod your head and say, yeah, I've heard that. There, a smile comes on your face. Jesus is your righteousness. Has Jesus ever failed? No. Will He ever make a mistake? No. When you stand before God, do you want God's righteousness on your life? Yes. Let me tell you, Jesus paid a very, very, very high price to be your righteousness. Don't trade it off by trying to be good. By... Listen, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Everything starts with Jesus. 
everything continues through Jesus and everything finishes with Jesus. Okay? Our, our walk with God starts with this, righteous, this gift of righteousness. Our walk with God continues to be based upon the gift of righteousness. And the day that we go to be with Jesus when we die, it will be because of the gift of righteousness upon our lives. Amen. But as you walk with Jesus, He works that righteousness out. He's working in you. He's working that out. Jesus is your righteousness. Now I've done this test before. Usually half of the people fail. And if half of you fail today, I have not done my job. So here's the question. How many of you in here are righteous? Raise your hand. Uh, it's doing better. It's doing better. Okay, you can put your hand... Some of those hands went up really slow. And some of you were looking just to see if anybody else was raising their hand. But anyway, that's okay. It's alright. Kind of like looking at another person's test while you're taking it. But that's okay. That's right. Jesus is your righteousness. Oh, I'm a terrible Christian. I'm a terrible Christian. Who are you looking at when you're saying that? Do you really want to go through life looking in... Or do you want to go through life looking up? Because that's the difference. I'm a terrible Christian. I'm a terrible Christian. I'm a terrible Christian. Jesus, you're my righteousness. You will help me. You will be my strength. You're my holiness. You're my redemption. Which way are you going to go through life? Which way does the Father want you to go through life? Looking in or looking up? Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. So if you're, if you're discouraged in your Christian walk, I would just say this. Stop looking in. Stop looking in. Look up. Say thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you are my righteousness. You will be my strength. You will help me through this. But even in the midst of the struggle, you are my righteousness. My hope is in you alone. My hope is in you alone. See, the gospel is good news. It's not good news just for the strong. It's good news for the weak. Otherwise, it wouldn't be good news for everybody. But it's good news for everybody. Well, I went twice as long on that point as I thought I was going to go. Okay, here we go. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become what? The righteousness of God. That's a pretty big statement. When we're in Christ, this was the wisdom of God that He would make Jesus our righteousness. And when we're in Christ, we have the righteousness of God on our lives. We are saved by grace. The favor of God. Not by works. But we are His workmanship. Works flow out of our life. We're not saved by them, but while we walk with Jesus, they start to flow out of our lives. Jesus is our righteousness. Well, point two. Jesus is your holiness. 
How could you say that, Pastor? Well, because it says right here, It is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness. Holiness. That's what it says. That word holiness also is translated sanctification in other translations. Okay? What does sanctified mean? It means to, to set apart, to dedicate, to consecrate, to separate, to make holy. To set apart for holy uses to be made holy. Sanctified. Jesus is our holiness. He is our sanctification. New Living Translation says, Jesus made us pure and holy. Some people are scared of spiders. Anybody in here scared of spiders? Some of you are just raising your hands with pride. I am scared of spiders and I've embraced it and I'm okay with it. I mean, our daughter Lindsay doesn't like spiders. I got a call. I think it was last summer. I don't even remember where I was. Dad! There's a, there's a spider on the front door. She couldn't get in the house because there was a spider on the front door. Yeah, it was like huge. <laughs> but anyway, a tiny little spider... And some people get really, really freaked out. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> there are some verses, as I was growing in my Christian faith, there are some verses that I would be reading in the Bible, and I would come to one, and it would terrify me. I mean, I'm sorry to admit that, but there were some verses that I read that just like, I freaked out when I read those verses. Here's one of them right here. Hebrews 12:14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men. Got it. That doesn't freak me out. That doesn't freak me out. And to be holy. Okay, to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Freaking out here. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I know there's still things in my life that aren't the way they should be. Am I going to miss it? I mean, young Christians, they read these verses and it just freaks them out. Kind of fun to watch, but it's really... Get to come in and save the day. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. What's he talking about here? Holiness. Something you say the word holiness, and some people it's like the blood just drains from their face, and their head drops down, and they just get discouraged instantly because you've said the word holiness, and that's only because they're just looking at themselves. And they're not looking at Jesus. If, if this is correct, it says that Jesus is our holiness. Amen. Now is that verse true or not? Yes. Should we take a vote? How many of you say that verse is true? Jesus is our holiness. The rest of you will have, we'll talk later. <laughs> we'll talk later. Let's look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. And yes, there's a picture. We'll explain it later. Matthew 11, starting with verse 28. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Now, you can read that and you can think, well, that's talking about people's sin. I mean, sin, it, I tell you what, it, it wears you out, man. It, it makes you weary. It burdens you down. Well, that would be true. That's true. But I don't really think that's what he's talking about here. I think that what he's talking about here is those that are burdened under the law. Because he was talking with the, the Jewish people there. This came out of one of the studies. The weary and burdened were those upon whose backs the Pharisees were laying heavy burdens by demanding meticulous obedience, not only to the law itself, but to their own elaborations of it. The expression, quote, the yoke of the law was a commonplace expression in Judaism. Under the yoke of the law. What's a yoke? Well, you've got oxen there. That piece of wood between the two is a yoke. So the Jewish people were yoked to the law. All, all Mosaic law, you know, not just the Ten Commandments, but all of it. Heavy burden. Because they couldn't keep it. It was heavy. And Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, they had to deal with this. You know, after Jesus died for the sins of the world and was resurrected, and the gospel, the, the message of Jesus was being preached. You know, it went to the Jews first, and then it started going to the Gentiles. And, and there was a conflict about what was expected of Christians, those who'd put their faith in Christ. And it, it got to a point where they had a special council to discuss this. Because it was determining the future of the church with the Jews and Gentiles together. And so I'm just going to briefly read some uh, portions out of Acts 15. Acts 15.5, there's this council at Jerusalem. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, so they had been Pharisees, and then, but they put their faith in Christ. They believed that Jesus was the Son of God, died for the sins of the world. They embraced that. But they were still embracing the law, too. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. They put their faith in Jesus, but now they've got to be circumcised and they've got to keep the Mosaic law if they're going to be saved. Important counsel. And here's what the, uh, the conclusion was Acts 15.10 one of the apostles speaks up and says this now then why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear we couldn't even do it and now you're wanting to put it on them we couldn't even bear this yoke then he goes on to say this no we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. It is only through the grace and favor of God. It is not by keeping the law. It is not by earning your own righteousness. It is not by earning your own holiness. It is only through, through Jesus. Amen? Amen? Ah, isn't that liberating? Wow, Christians should, they should like be happy people. Don't you think so? Forgiven? Jesus is your righteousness? Well, <clears throat> Matthew 11, uh, 
28 through 30. I didn't show you the rest of that verse yet, so let's look at the rest of it. <clears throat> Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Don't be yoked to the law. Does that mean we break the Ten Commandments? No, it's not saying that at all. But our strength doesn't come from the Ten Commandments. Our victory doesn't come from the Ten Commandments. Our joy doesn't come from the Ten Commandments. Our ability to walk with Jesus doesn't come from the Ten Commandments. Although they are holy. Ten Commandments are holy. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said, be yoked to me. You'll find rest for your soul. Then he said in verse 30, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The yoke of the law is hard. The yoke of Jesus is light. Well, that's not what I'm experiencing in my life. Well, there's some things the Lord needs to teach you. Okay? For one thing, you're looking at yourself so much. I've got to, I've got to, i 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 got to. And Jesus is saying, would you stop looking, would you look up at me? And say this, I just need to walk with Jesus. And let him work in my life. It's hard to be a Christian trying it in your own strength. It really is. But if you let the Holy Spirit have His way, the kingdom of God isn't meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If there's no joy in your Christian walk, you're probably trying to do it in your own strength. And you need to stop and say, Holy Spirit, You help me. You guide me. You help me to know Jesus. And that's when the joy starts to come. Joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what God's kingdom is. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Walking with the Spirit. Well, being yoked to Jesus is a good thing. Because He's your righteousness and He's your holiness. Listen, I want to look at another verse here. Hebrews 10. Oops, excuse me. I cut out a little chunk just for the sake of time. Hebrews 10, 12 and following. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, this is Jesus, the great high priest who offered one sacrifice that would uh, that covered everything for all time, and that sacrifice was his own body. When this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. It was done. He wasn't like the other priests that had to keep offering sacrifices every day. Jesus offered at one time, and he sat down. The job is done. It is complete. It is finished. I've died for the sins of the world. It is taken care of. Verse 14. Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever. Who's he talking about? You're you're being too shy here. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us. It just said because by one sacrifice he has made perfect Perfect forever. Do you realize that's saying you have been made perfect forever? 
Because of the one sacrifice of Jesus? Well, my life isn't perfect. Well, it goes on to say that. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You're declared perfect. You're seen perfect by God. And by his spirit, he's helping work that out in your life. Jesus is your holiness. Amen? Amen. I went to a Sunday school class one time. Years ago, I was visiting relatives and went to a Sunday school class. And uh, uh, I was, it's like everybody in the class was in their late 60s and 70s. Okay? And I was, this has been a long time ago, so I was quite a bit younger. And I'm sitting there, and this one gentleman, I mean, they're nice people. This one gentleman was saying, man, I'm just not holy enough. And he just was just bummed. I'm just not holy enough. I'm thinking, you're like 78 years old. What's going on? <laughs> you know, I'm just not holy enough. And then his friends were saying, oh, no, no, no. You're, 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 a holy, you're one of the holiest people I know. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't remember if I said anything because I, I don't think I did because it's like I'm visiting a Sunday school class. Okay, you know, I'm just going to listen. But I just thought, stop looking at yourself. I mean, you're in your later 70s and you're still so looking in that you're not seeing Jesus. Do you want to live your whole life so looking in that you don't really see Jesus? I mean, come on, Jesus is your righteousness. He's your righteousness. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in it. He's your holiness. And you know what? If we start boasting about how good we are, oh my... You know, when can we ever boast about how good we are? Never. Never. But if you want to boast about me at times, that's okay. That's right. But we can't boast in ourselves. All right, last one. Jesus is your redemption. Jesus is your redemption. Well, what does redemption mean? It it means a release secured by the payment of a ransom. You've been redeemed. It means deliverance. You've been delivered. It means setting free. You've been set free. He is our redemption. The word in secular Greek described a conqueror releasing prisoners, a master ransoming a slave, or redemption from an alien yoke. You were conquered by another country and they set you free. In the New Testament, it designates deliverance through Christ from evil, from sin, and the penalty of sin. Redeemed. The price paid to purchase that liberation? Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood. Let me just read this story, and then we'll finish up with a couple verses. A March 2011 issue of the New York Times featured a story about a 51-year-old ex-convict named Robert Salzman. After a horrific childhood, Salzman spent most of his adult life in prison. When he was released from prison in 2001, Salzman found it difficult to enjoy freedom outside prison walls, struggling to pay rent, or doing stints in homeless shelters. Finally, in June of 2010, Salzman had a grace-like experience. Now, it's not talking about being born again, but anyway. While he was riding a New York City subway car, he was found by Rashad Ernesto Green, a writer <coughs> excuse me, and director who was searching for someone to play a tough-looking former convict for an upcoming film. 
After an audition, Green surprised nearly everyone when he gave Salzman a key role for the film. In the ensuing months, <clears throat> Salzman found it hard to believe that he had actually been set free from his prison life. On one occasion, while filming with Green on location in a Long Island penitentiary, an exhausted Salzman fell asleep on a cot in a prison cell. When he woke, he became confused and thought he was still a prisoner. You ever done that when you wake up and it's like you're just not really sure where you are? So he wakes up in this prison cell on a prison cot. Salzman started weeping in despair until it slowly dawned on him that he was now a free man. Salzman was overwhelmed by the joy of knowing that at any moment he could walk out of that cramped cell and through the prison doors. On the other side of the prison walls, he could enjoy his new life of freedom. Let me tell you, you've been redeemed. You've, you've been redeemed. I'm not getting the response I want yet. We'll try it over here. You've been redeemed. Okay? You have been released from the bondage of Satan. And you have been taken from darkness into God's kingdom. Where he has forgiven you, embraced you, called you perfect and righteous in his sight, and made you his sons and daughters. You've been redeemed. We'll try this group again. You've been redeemed. All right, okay. We'll see how this group does. Okay. <clears throat> You've been redeemed. There we go. There we go. I tell you what, God isn't looking for people trying really, really, really hard and struggling in their Christian life. He's looking for people that are thankful. They're thankful for what He has done. And you know what? When you keep your eyes on Him and you're yoked to Him, the stuff works out in your life. Jesus said, unless you abide in Me, you'll do nothing. It's, It's just yoked to Him. And He said, it's not a burden being yoked to Me. It's a burden being yoked to the law. It is a burden being yoked to yourself. But it is not a burden being yoked to Jesus. I'm lowly, gentle, humble of heart. I'll give you rest. Jesus, you're making it so hard on me. And Jesus says, no, you're making it hard on yourself. You really haven't come to me yet. Get yoked to me. I'm not a tough taskmaster driving you. I'm with you. Jesus is our righteousness. Amen? Amen. He is our righteousness. Jesus is our holiness. That was a little weaker, but I'll take it. Jesus is our holiness. And He is our redemption. He is. I tell you what, Jesus is really good. He is good. Colossians 1.13 For He, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Are you glad you're forgiven? Did you say thank you to Jesus yet today? Alright, Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. There we go. In Him... 
We have redemption. We've been purchased. We've been released. We're no longer captives. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace. His favor that He lavished on us. And there's that word wisdom. With all wisdom and understanding. The wisdom of God. He would do it all through Jesus. It would all be done through Jesus. Oh man. See the old covenant was we had to be good to make it. Keep the law. All of the law. And if you don't keep all of the law, you're under a curse. That is the old covenant. The new covenant is Jesus did it. Jesus kept the law. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus was raised again. Put your faith in Him and you will be restored to God. He's your righteousness. He's your holiness. He's your redemption. We'll finish with the last part. This is the last part of our text today. It says, Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord. Oh man, Jesus. I don't don't know if that person could walk the Christian walk. I mean, I don't think they've got what it takes. Come on, some of you have thought that. I, I just don't think they could do it. Are we ever supposed to do it in our own strength? But if a person's yoked to Jesus, can they make it? With joy. Because He's their righteousness. They're not their own righteousness. He's their holiness. They're not their own holiness. He's their redemption. They're not their own redemption. They can't save themselves. Anybody can come into the kingdom of God. Anyone. So, you guys are being so kind. I've been so long. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your holiness. I don't want anybody leaving today saying, or thinking, because we wouldn't say it, but we think it. I'm a lousy Christian. Man, I listen to this message and I just feel like a failure. No, you didn't listen to this message. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can't leave today feeling like a failure. And have listened to this message. Jesus is your righteousness. Well, I blew it yesterday. Yeah, and if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And He's your righteousness. He's your righteousness. Nobody, I don't want anybody to leave feeling like they're just a lousy Christian. But I don't want any of us leaving being proud Christians either. (laughs) It's only because of Jesus. But if we all leave being very thankful Christians, oh, that's good. God, I thank you. You saved me. You're keeping me. You're helping me. And this news is so good, I want to share it with others. It's not a burden to their life. It is life to their life. Unhappy Christians are just looking in way too much. Way too much. Okay, close your eyes. Time for confession. If you would say, 
I'm kind of one of those people that just keeps looking in all the time. Raise your hand. I want to see. Oh my. Oh my. You can put your hand down, although most of you put your hand up for a millisecond and brought it down again anyway. But anyway. That is a mindset that is not from God. It's not from God. We are so used to doing everything ourselves that we're... that we forfeit the grace. We forfeit the grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone would boast or feel like a failure, whichever way it goes. So, how do I close this service? We've got a good song that's coming up. No longer slaves. We're going to finish with that song. There are no slaves in here. Alright? There are no slaves in here. So worship team, I'm going to ask you to come on up. And we're going to sing that song, No Longer a Slave. Yes.